This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Tech Guide episode 376. Hello and welcome to the show. Great to have your company. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Optus launches new build-your-own mobile plans to suit your needs. Canon is now offering an unmatched five-year warranty on their cameras and lenses, and Tesla has unveiled the Cybertruck, a vehicle built like an armoured tank that has divided the motor industry. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the new 16-inch MacBook Pro. TCL has released the 4G MoveTime family watch, so parents can video call their kids and track them via GPS. And LG has released a new range of fast gaming monitors to give players the edge. And we'll answer your voice bites on the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Mobile phone plans, we all have them. Everyone needs one, especially if they own a smartphone, whether it's a phone they're paying off or whether it's a phone they currently own. The one part of the equation that you need is a plan that normally connects to your device through a SIM card. So there's no getting around having a mobile plan. And until now, customers had to find the plan that suited them rather than the other way around. Well, that is until today. Optus is now offering their new build-your-own phone plans, which is are designed to suit how you use your phone and, and what where are you going and what you're doing with it. So now customers have the option of choosing how much monthly data they want, whether they need international call minutes and texts, and whether they need roaming data on their plan as well. So here are the three variables that allow you then to choose the plan to suit you. And when you when you are building the plan, there are three little levels and you can just click left and right to, to start off with. I think the lowest data you can get is 30 gig. The highest I think is 120 gig. Then you can have zero minutes of international calls and texts because you might not need that feature. And you may have zero gig of, of data to, while you're roaming because I'm not traveling this month. So alternatively, you can ratchet the international roaming data all the way up to four gigabytes and unlimited minutes for international calls and texts because that might be something you need. You might have relatives overseas. You might want to contact them. So here are the three tiers that you can adjust. And now you can make the plan to suit how you use your device. So I'll give you a couple of examples here. Imagine the scenario where you are traveling and you know that you're going to be away in a particular month. You can adjust this plan month to month. So you're not locked into one, one version of the plan forever. You can month to month alter those tiers. So say... Uh, say you're organising a trip and you say, right, I'll need some data for the next month. So you can adjust the plan to include the international roaming data. You might want to have adjust your international calls and text minutes as well. 
or you might need, there might be one month, it might be, I'm not sure, you might be away on a holiday, so you're not going to use too much of your data from that you'd normally use in Australia. You might knock that down to 30 gig instead of 60. Or someone suggested a little f- a funny, funny scenario, or they said, this guy said, well, you might have just broken up with your girlfriend and you need to hit Tinder again, so you'll need a bit more data. So <laughs> there's so many different ways that you can adjust this for your needs. Now, this isn't the only plan that Optus has announced. And by the way, the adjustable plan allows you to either include a phone, so you can choose to pay it off over three years, up to three years. You can choose to pay it off in 12 or or 24 months. So that's kind of separate to this plan. Or you can have your own phone. So that's your option as well. But Optus also have new plans, so regular plans that allow you to select what suits you best in terms of there are, I think, four different plans, various levels of data. But what these plans include are add-ons like Optus Sport and Apple Music. So if you want the pre-built plan, if you're happy with the pre-built plan, so you're still getting value and simplicity for your do- for your dollar, but you do get those value inclusions like Apple Music and Optus Sport. What Optus has also done is introduced a new plan called Optus One. Now, this is a plan that is... It's what I'm describing as the high roller plan, which means you get up 500 gig of data, you get your own customer service number, you get a dedicated one-to-one personal care, and all these other inclusions that when you're at home, when you're traveling, you get 10 gig of data as well, and you also get exclusive content on Optus Sport, and another feature called Network Priority. Now, I don't know what that means, but you somehow get priority on the network. I'm not sure. Maybe it's 5G. All these plans, by the way, if you've got a 5G number, 5G device, I should say, and you're in a 5G area, they will work on 5G. There's no there's no extra added fees for you to access the 5G network. That Optus One plan is priced at $119, and it too is month-to-month. So there's no contract. It's a month-to-month deal. So whether you want to... Be them. You want Optus to roll out the red carpet for you for a plan. Optus One is the way to go. Otherwise, you have the pre-built plans, or you can build your own. If you're a BYO person, that might be the plan for you. But what I like about it is that it suits you rather than you having to suit the plan. Great move by Optus. If you want to read more about that story, check it out. Techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Well, Canon is a world-famous camera brand. Probably, I'm sure a few of you listening to this podcast right now would be Canon users, whether it's a digital camera, a DSLR, a mirrorless camera, you may have some lenses. They have today announced that they will now offer a five-year standard manufacturer warranty for its mirrorless DSLR, digital video camera, and lens ranges. So great news, but the new extended five-year warranty applies to purchases made from November 25. I'm recording this on November 25, so from today. And it is it is a way for Canon to 
sort of give themselves the edge here in the market because other other camera manufacturers offer a one or at best two year warranty and Canon's objective here is obviously they want to get more customers they want to keep their existing customers but they want people to have confidence in the brand that's the reason why they've done this this is a demonstration of Canon's confidence saying our products will last for five years that's why we're giving you a warranty so they've, they've commissioned a report to they commissioned a survey which found that the length of a product's warranty was linked to a customer's impression of that product's quality and the value and the level of trust in the brand so you think about it if if you if, if a company's offering a five-year warranty or even a four-year warranty, you think, well, geez, they're backing their product. So that gives the customer a better feeling about the product and more sales. Now, not Canon cameras aren't necessarily the cheapest camera, but if you've got a five-year warranty and anyone listening, like I said, who they know how expensive camera equipment can be and camera equipment is normally reliable. I've never had, hardly had any issues with any of my gear, but anyone knows that if something does go wrong, having that five-year warranty is gives you a bit of peace of mind to know that, well, if something's wrong, they can either repair it, replace it, or, or give me a refund. So that that's what the warranty is all about. Now, you think about other products that we buy. Now, the, this part of Canon's study is that it found that customers were having the impression of planned obsolescence with some products. Canon, Canon described it as they've, they've turned technology products into what they've they coined a phrase called transient goods and what that means that means that there's a perception that has conditioned customers so us into thinking that technology is outdated quickly and therefore needs to be replaced every couple of years now in terms of camera equipment lenses can last for a long long time even the camera bodies if they'll still continue to work years into the future if you don't want the if you don't want to update it to the latest model then your current model will still work so that this is is another endorsement of the fact that the can the camera will work it's not going to after 2 years bug out and then may force you to buy a new device a lot of people think that that there is that planned obsolescence in, in after a couple of years things start to go wrong it's not worth fixing up and it's the other impression is as i mentioned that People think, well, that's supposed to happen because technology changes all the time and we need to be updated. Well, no, that's not always the case. And research has shown that six of the top seven mobile phones, so you think of how much money you pay for a mobile phone, between $1,200 and $3,000, six out of seven mobile phone manufacturers only offer two-year warranties. Now, in the digital camera category, uh, for interchangeable lens, DSLR or mirrorless products, so say your price between $1,100 and $3,000, which I'm, I'm sure you've paid more than that for some of your gear, six of the major brands were offering a one-year warranty and the other three offered a two-year warranty. But one of those two-year warranties was only if you, it was increased to two years from one year if you exchanged additional personal information. So in other words, how they can market to you. That was how you got the other the other extended warranty, the two-year warranty. Now, think about 
other products in our life, and namely refrigerators and televisions. TVs have a 12-month warranty, yet we're expected to hang on to them for up to eight years, 10 years in some cases. Same with refrigerators. Refrigerators offer, I think the highest warranty is three years. Now, how, how, how long does your fridge last? I know my last fridge lasted me 12 to 14 years before I had to change it. So you can see now how a warranty can leave you posted if after a few years where there is a reasonable expectation for your product to work beyond the warranty where there could be a bit of problem, a problem here. And, and I've, had, I've been contacted by many of you listeners and, and readers who have had issues with a product after the warranty's run out. And they think incorrectly that they don't have any recourse. That isn't true. Under Australian consumer law, I used this phrase earlier, there is a reasonable expectation that the product you paid $5,000 for, let's say it's a television, will work beyond three years. So even though the 12-month warranty might have lapsed, there is still that expectation that your TV, for the money you've paid, should still work. And I've seen many a case where a retailer has had to replace or repair or refund some money because a TV failed in less than three or four years. So keep that in mind. Don't don't let them tell you that, oh, no, your warranty's run out. Also, there is no need, considering that, to buy an extended warranty. That's free money for retailers. So don't don't fall for that trap either. So th- there is there is that reasonable expectation, your warranty, that your, your protection, I should say, should go beyond the length of the warranty. Now, getting back to Canon, five years is, is terrific news if you're a user, if you're a customer or about to become a customer. But we should point out, though, the Canon five-year warranty does not apply where the damage is caused by external factors, including normal wear and tear, damage caused outside of Canon's control, including accidents. So if you drop your camera and smash it, unfortunately, that's not, not covered by warranty. It's also, uh, if it's damage caused by an electrical fault, power surges, internet connection fault, vandalism or burglary, your negligence or improper use of the products, including failing to follow operating instructions or providing an unsuitable environment, leaking batteries and liquid exposure, uh, in the case of, except if it's a waterproof product, of course, then you will be covered. But uh, So this the five-year warranty, while it's great, will protect you of any failure on Canon's, on Canon's part, but that doesn't let you trash the product and expect to get a new one. So just remember that five-year warranty, excellent news. Hats off to Canon, a gutsy move in this very competitive camera market. I uh, wonder how the other brands are going to respond. I wonder how Nikon and Sony and Olympus and all these other brands, uh, Fujifilm, wonder if they're going to respond in kind with a longer warranty. We'll soon find out. If you want to read more about that story, Canon's five-year warranty, great value. Check it out, techguide.com.au. Now, anyone who's been listening to the podcast for the past uh, 18 months will know that I am a Tesla owner. I, I love my Model S, although, short, quick story for you, I got a flat tire today, and uh, Teslas don't have a spare, so I had to call Tesla Roadside Assistance to bring me a tire and replace it for me. They, the guy did it for me. He then took my tire, which had I'd run over a screw, it was all right in the middle of the tire, so it flattened my tire, 
He then took, he's now taken that my tire back to a Tesla service center who will assess whether it can be repaired. The guy reckons it should because the screw is right in the middle of the tire. And then I need to contact them, uh, get my, my tire back and give back the replacement tire because, as I said, no spare in a Tesla. So that was a, a nice little wrinkle for today, but not too bad. Luckily, I didn't have to be anywhere in a hurry. I had to wait a couple of hours for the guy to turn up to repair the tire, but uh, he did a fast job and uh, thank you. Thanks to him. Uh, but while we're on the subject of Tesla, though, that's not what I'm talking about, flat tires. I am talking about the new Cybertruck. Now, who has seen this? This is 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 I I initially thought I, I live streamed this. I was in uh, Korea last week with Samsung on a I can't tell you why I was on an NDA trip there, but I, on the way to the airport I streamed this event. Uh, and when Elon Musk, when this car that Cybertruck drove onto the stage, I'll be honest, I thought he was joking. I thought he was going to say, "No, no, we're just kidding. This isn't the real truck. Here's the real truck." Uh, and it kept going and it kept going and it kept going and my initial disbelief then turned into realisation that this is the actual truck, this is it. And for those of you who haven't seen it, there's pictures of it on Tech Guide. It is, it's been described, I've, I've laughed at so so many of the memes and, and the little funny comments and one funny comment was, that, that looks like a, a truck that I drew when I was in kindergarten. Because there are no angles on the car. There are no curved edges on this car. I challenge you to find, apart from the tyres, I challenge you to find a curved edge on this truck. Everything is flat and angular and just in your face. And you either love it or hate it. I've got to say, I'm on the fence, but I'm going to admit, I'm actually starting to like it. And look, I know I know a lot of people who think I'm mad even just for saying that, but... You think about though the where this truck, who this truck is aimed at. This is a utility, so this is meant for your tradie, your outdoors person, someone who is going to get out. And this is has to be a tough vehicle. And that industry, that that market in America, here in Australia, is a very lucrative one, but also a very competitive one. So I think what Tesla has done here, they thought, well, how do we shake this up? Tesla's have got had the habit of doing that. They've done that with their electric cars. They've really sort of put the blowtorch on the, the established manufacturers. And they've done that again here because this is a real challenger. It's, a, it's meant to be disruptive. It's meant for you to think, holy hell, look at this thing. What is it going to do? Now, while a lot of people are laughing at it and thinking how ridiculous it is, I'll tell you, and there have already been more than 200,000 pre-orders just in, the, in three days, I'll tell you, the other manufacturers will be looking over their shoulder and worrying about this. As bizarre as it looks and as bizarre as the event was, this is going to be, it's not out for a couple of years, three years if you want the tri-motor edition, this is going to shake things up as, as Tesla has a habit of doing. Now, after we got over the initial disbelief, it was time to talk about this actual vehicle. And it is a tank has the strength of an armoured car. There's an exoskeleton and this this super strong aluminium skin that was even demonstrated, the strength of the steel on the doors was demonstrated when a sledgehammer was used to hit the side of the car, not a mark or a dent on the car. So no problem if someone opens their door on you in the shopping centre with this car. That That's good news. 
Now, the other demonstration was about the bulletproof or armoured glass, break the break resistant, whatever they called it. And off stage, so to the left of the stage, there was a demonstration where they dropped this ball on this pane of glass and the ball, steel ball, just bounced off it. And they said, oh, Elon Musk said, let's try it on the car. And the guy, Franz, I think he's one of the executives at Tesla, he then, from about three, four feet away, threw the ball at the front window and it broke the window round smashed hole he said let's try it on the back window boom broke again so in his stride Elon Musk said oh well we need to work on that but the rest of the presentation which was talking about the range and the towing capacity and the pricing the whole time that he was on stage with the cyber truck behind him there was those two stupid looking broken windows there as well so not the best look but it hasn't stopped people, though, becoming fans of this car. Now, here's what you get. Performance-wise, it is very impressive. If you go the tri-motor all-wheel drive model, it'll go 0 to 100 in 2.9 seconds. That's faster than a Porsche 911. Now, the Cybertruck, the Tesla says, will have a range of up to 800 kilometres on a single charge, which is remarkable. Considering how heavy this truck is, with all that armoured steel and this chunky look to it, it's a heavy vehicle. So having 800 kilometre range is remarkable. My Model S, which would be probably a third of the weight of this truck, it has about 500 kilometre range. So having 800 kilometre range isn't too bad. The uh, three models uh, start at $39,990 US dollars. That's for the single motor rear wheel drive. Then there's the dual motor all wheel drive, which is 49,900 US dollars. And then at the very top, the tri motor all wheel drive, which uh, has is 69,900, let's call it 70,000 US. And with the way the dollar is, expect that to be a lot more expensive here in Australia. Now, it is designed for customers who usually buy a ute, as I said, like tradespeople, anyone who enjoys off-roading. The Cybertruck can handle almost 1,600 kilometres of payload and has adjustable air suspension to deal with the load as well. There is 100 cubic feet of lockable storage space in the tray and also has self-leveling capabilities. Has also, people ask often, can you tow a caravan with a Tesla? Well, you can, but this one won't have a drama with it. It's got a towing capacity of more than 6,500 kilograms, 6,500 kilograms now they did demonstration video they ran they showed it was a tug of war between the cyber truck and a ford f-150 so they had the ford f-150 facing one way the cyber truck facing opposite rope tied between them very strong chain whatever it happened to be and the cyber truck absolutely kicked its butt it drove it up the road Inside, space for six passengers and a central 17-inch touchscreen. So it's similar to the Model 3. So the orientation of the screen is is uh, horizontal, so it's a uh, landscape. But it is a 17-inch screen as well in the middle. Very Spartan. No displays, much like the Model 3 as well. But um, this thing is pretty gutsy. You're not going to see it, though. Production of the Tesla Cybertruck expected to begin, and this is reading off their website, in late 2021. So that that's two years before they even start making this. So production will start in two years' time. Tri-motor production will start in three years' time, so late 2022. Now, you can put down a deposit to reserve your vehicle, get in line anyway, it's refundable, $100, $150 here in Australia, 
And, at the, and on the Australian website, it said the same uh, expectation of production. So they're saying late 2021. So I don't know whether they're going to make US and Australian right-hand drives at the same time. I'm not sure. Model 3 took a, a year or so to get to Australia after it was released in the US. So you can probably expect that to happen with the the Tesla Cybertruck as well. But tell us what you think. I'm really curious to hear from you guys about what you think of this. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Stephen Fennec, uh, hashtag Cybertruck. Let me know if you like it, you hate it, you're buying one, I want to know. Uh, if you are buying one, I want to know why. I want to know your reasons. Uh, but keep, keep the funny comments coming. There has been some funny comments made on my story and on our Facebook page as well. So keep them coming in. If you want to read more about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company to keep you and your family safe online. Now, in a world where you're constantly connected, cyber attacks are more prevalent than ever. Everything from phishing scams and ransomware to online predators and even big data tracking your every move. Cyber threats have evolved, though, which is why Norton has as well. New Norton 360 gives you next-level protection, combining the power of device security with a secure VPN to help keep you and your family safe and private online. New Norton 360 is all-in-one protection for your devices and online privacy. It's essential. Any device you're connecting to the internet, protect it with a new Norton 360. Available now at leading retailers or au.norton.com. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. We're hopping into the reviews. We're kicking off with the MacBook Pro 16-inch. I've had it a week, and I've got to say, I really, really like it. This is a major step up from the 15-inch MacBook Pro. Um, the 15-inch is what I was using before. Now, when you first look at this, the footprint of the computer, the actual size of the computer is almost identical to the 15. So it's only, I think, 0.7 millimeters thicker and slightly heavier. But looking just at both of them next to each other, it, it's hard to see which is the 16 and which is the 15. So the it, straight off the bat, you're going to think, well, it looks the same. But the minute you open up, of course, you, you notice that there are thinner bezels and that the screen just takes up a lot more room in the same shell. So you're getting, anyone who's used a 15-inch will notice that there's that, whoa, that extra inch of, is a lot of difference. You'll see, wow, it feels luxurious in terms of the amount of space you've got. That space is important because this is a product that's designed for professionals. So if you are a, a film editor, you're a developer, a photographer, a scientist, producing music, if you need to stay productive on the move or anywhere, then this is exactly what you need. And having that added inch, people think, yeah, what's an inch, who cares? Well, an added inch on a, in a laptop is valuable. So that screen real estate is, is excellent. And don't forget too, if it's running Catalina, and if you've got iPad OS 13, you can also use your iPad as a second screen, wirelessly use your iPad as a second screen. So uh, it'll that, that's another cool feature too. Now, the 16-inch Retina display is as nice as the 15-inch. It's uh, maybe slightly brighter. It's got 500 nits brightness. It's got the P3 wide color gamut as well. So a resolution of 3072 by 1920. It's got a slightly higher pixel density as well, 226 PPI. That's pixels per inch so appearance wise design wise it looks a lot like 
the 15-inch. Same big trackpad, same speakers down the side. I'll talk about the speakers in a moment because they are better. But the biggest change is the keyboard. And I have to say, I am glad they've gone back to the scissor mechanism because the butterfly just wasn't working for me. It, it was okay. I could type. But what I really liked with the with the scissor mechanism was it was a little bit softer under your fingers. So there's a bit more travel in the key. So rather than feeling like I'm tapping on a hard surface, there was a bit of give in this in the Magic Keyboard, the new keyboard, the scissor keyboard. So that to me, big tick, very happy about that. I type a lot better now, a lot less mistakes, a lot more comfortable. It is, it, I think, about, this, not, about the same noise level of typing, but... I don't normally disturb people with my typing, so that's uh, that's okay. But um, really happy that they've decided, and this is obviously through customer feedback, that the other keyboard was good, not great, and there were problems, there were issues with the key sticking, and uh, just not being the professional level it should be. So very, very happy with the the new keyboard, or the redesigned scissor mechanism. They've nailed it this time, and I hope they don't ever change it again. The other thing they've restored too, and this again was through customer feedback, was the escape key. Customers uh, previously it was on, it was part of the t- the touch bar, but now the escape key is on its own, which is good not only for general users but also for uh, visually impaired users. They can now easily find it, so it was a bit hard to find and activate it when it was a part of the touch bar. Uh, what else is also separate is the touch ID and slash on button. That's also on its own. So the escape key is left of the touch bar and the touch ID button slash on button is on the right-hand side of the touch bar. So I'm glad they've done that as well. Sort of keeps them separate. You can still use the touch bar as you would, but I just don't think they needed to incorporate the escape key and the fingerprint reader into that as well. So really good. Now, I should point out that the 16-inch MacBook Pro doesn't sit beside the 15-inch anymore. It replaces the 15-inch. So 15-inch uh, no longer happening. The 13-inch is still there. But I suspect, this is my little theory, that Apple will do the same thing to the 13-inch. They'll take the screen closer to the edges and get an extra inch out of it and have a 14-inch to replace the 13-inch because that might be just part of its evolution. I'd like both of them to be even numbers. I'm a bit, bit crazy like that. I like even numbers. So 13 and 16, yeah, that's a, I'm a bit OCD about that. I prefer 14 and 16. But whether Apple has the same level of OCD-ness that I do, we'll find that out. The other improvements and performance, look, I'm going to tell you performance-wise, I've edited Final Cut on this and I've used some pretty heavy-duty Photoshop of, and it absolutely ate it up. So not a problem performance-wise. Anyone listening to this knows that MacBook Pros can really kick ass and take names. They do very well in terms of performance. So this review isn't going to tell you about you know speed tests and things like that because this thing just works. It is, it is a super-performing laptop. What I will tell you about, though, is the they've in, they've introduced and advanced a new thermal design for the six-inch. So you got to remember, there's a bigger battery on board here, and bigger. It's it's up to two times better performance in some areas. Uh, two times far, two point one times faster actually than the the quad core fifteen-inch, uh, thanks to its uh, thanks to its ninth, six and eight core ninth generation processors with turbo boost up to five gigahertz. 
Now, the thermal fan design has improved. Uh, it's got a larger impeller with extended blades and larger vents, so that airflow has actually increased by 28%. So, uh, going to keep it cool. The heat sink is also 35% larger, so the heat dissipation is even greater. Now, performance is why you buy this. As I said, ninth generation processor, all great. 2.1 times faster than the quad-core 15-inch MacBook Pro. Uh, when compared, and these are Apple's comparisons, not mine, when compared to the fastest quad-core 15-inch MacBook Pro, music producers can play massive multi-track projects up to two times more uh, amp designer plugins in Logic Pro X. Scientists and researchers will benefit from 2.1 times faster simulation of dynamical systems in MATLAB. Developers using Xcode can compile code up to 1.8 times faster. You photographers are going to love this too. Photographers can apply complex edits to photographs 1.7 times faster in Photoshop as well. Graphics performance also improved thanks to the new AMD Radeon Pro 500M series graphics. It's the first 7 nanometer discrete GPU for professional users. Now, when compared to the previous 8-core 15-inch MacBook Pro, video editors using DaVinci Resolve will see up to 1.8 times faster effects rendering when color grading. Gamers will also enjoy smoother gameplay with up to 1.6 times faster performance in games like Fortnite. Great news. And in Unity, develop will ex developers will experience 1.4 times faster fly-through performance during game development. Now, let's talk audio. The 16-inch MacBook Pro has a redesigned six-speaker system. And I've got to say, it sounds amazing. It's like listening to a stereo system. That's how good it is. It, if you want to kick back and watch a movie in your hotel room or home, wherever you want, you're going to be so impressed with the sound of this. It is remarkable. Not really good if you're on a plane because you've got to have he headphones on, so you miss out there. But if you can let the speakers play, it is remarkable. Just whether you're watching YouTube, a movie, whatever you, you maybe your own content, the audio is remarkable. Really high fidelity sound. And I've never heard better speakers on a, lap, on a laptop. Now, the microphones also improve too. There's a high-performance microphone array, which offers 40% reduction in hiss and improves the signal-to-noise ratio. So you could actually talk into this, and the it's giving you professional-grade digital microphone. So the quality, again, would surpass any other laptop. On the battery side, you've got a 100-watt-hour lithium polymer battery which will provide up to 11 hours of wireless web browsing and video playback. Now, 100-watt-hour is important because it is the absolute maximum strength battery that you can take on a plane, on a commercial flight. So Apple have gone right to the limit with a 100-watt lithium polymer battery. Users are going to be happy. My, uh, it's The battery is done very well, uh, but lasted all day. So users are going to be very happy about that as well. The new Apple 16-inch MacBook Pro, it's available now. Starting price of $3,799, which was actually not much more than the 15-inch starting price as well. So you're getting an extra inch and all this extra speed, all these extra features, and uh, you are still getting a reasonable price. So you want to check that story out. You can read all about it at techguide.com.au. 
Now, I know a lot of you listening to the show right now are parents. You may have primary school children and you are probably thinking of when when is the time, I'm sure your children have reminded you, but when is the right time to get them a phone? And they've probably pestered you about that. But here's the thing, though. If your child is, say, under 10 years old, even under 12 years old, probably under 10, then my opinion, personally, I think they're too young for a phone. But you still want to be able to give them the option of contacting you and you the option of contacting them, but without burdening them with a phone. And how you do that is with the TCL 4G Move Time Family Watch. Now, this is a watch that is obviously 4G, hence its name. It is under $200. It can take a SIM card and it will allow the child to contact a short list of people, say mum, dad, maybe a couple other people, and it will only allow them to receive calls from those people as well. So stay, you can stay connected if you're a parent, stay connected with your child and get this, it even has video calling. It's real, not even the Apple Watch can do that. So you can even do video calls with your child, see where they are at any time. And it also has GPS built in, so it's got live tracking, so you can see exactly where your child is at all times. I know parents, if their child is too young for a phone, then a product like this can help them uh, stay in touch, gives the parent peace of mind as well. So it allows them to be to, to see where their child is. It also, there's a geofencing and geolocation functionality on board as well. So you can set up a geofence, for example, around your child's school or, the, or your home or a certain place, and that when your child enters and leaves that geofence, you will receive a notification. So if you, if you receive a notification that your child has left school in the middle of the day, then you'll think, hang on a minute, what the hell's going on here? And you can call them or video call them through the watch. Uh, if you know that they've left at 3 o'clock, then you know they're on their way home. And similarly, if you've set up a geofence at home and you get a notification that they've entered that area at 3.30, then you know, okay, they're home from school. So there's all these cool features that help you know exactly where your child is. There's even an SOS button. So that can be activated anytime if the child feels unsafe. So that'll dial or message a, a selected contact, uh, and that at least gives you gives them the option of, uh, of of sending out that little. If they're feeling unsafe, they can let you know about that without having to dial a number. There's just a, a button that lets them that, that they can be pressed, and you'll find that out. It's available in blue and pink, obviously for boys and girls. Made from kids-safe material. It's made. It's got an IP65 water-resistant rating. Also has replaceable bands as well if they want different coloured bands. The touchscreen itself is 1.3 inches and you can also have changeable watch faces. Now, while all I've been talking about so far is how much the parents can have the peace of mind of knowing where their child is and being able to contact them, that doesn't mean it isn't fun for the child because they've got a cool watch to wear. They can change the face and have a bit of fun with it. They can ring mum, ring dad or whoever. They can receive the call, make the video call. That's all fun stuff. Nothing like that when I was a kid. But you can all, it's also an activity tracker. So you can encourage an active lifestyle. So it's got a built-in pedometer, can track steps, sleep, not sleep, can track steps, calories burned and distance walk. Doesn't track sleep. That was my mistake. 
but it does. It's it kind of does everything a Fitbit does, bar the sleep tracking. Uh, and kids can even compete against their friends to see how high their activity levels can go. And parents can even like their activity, so offering encouragement and motivation uh, with those likes. The TCL 4G Move Time, a great investment, I think. 199 bucks. What have you got to lose? Available in blue or pink. You can buy it now from Big W, coming soon to Australia Post. But if you do have a primary school age child who is too young for a phone, and I'll tell you, anyone under 10, too young to have a phone. This is less responsibility, yet the same benefit in terms of connectivity and you being able to track them via GPS. In fact, in some cases, more connectivity, more features than a, than a phone. So the TCL 4G Move Time Family Watch, $199 from Big W, coming soon to Australia Post. And if you want to read more about it, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Now, I'm a big fan of gaming, and to be... A, a, a competitive game. If you if you play online, I play online. I, I'm a I'm a PlayStation uh, sometimes PC gamer, and my PlayStation Four hand, my PlayStation Plus handle is Sharky numeral six and the word eight. So if you ever find yourself opposite me in a Call of Duty game, God help you. No, I'm just joking. I, I like to have fun. No trash talking from me. But the the whole idea of playing is is you're being competitive. You're competing, and there are ways for you to get the edge over your competitors, and that is with a fast gaming monitor. Now, people ask me, why? How? what makes it fast? Does this thing drive? Does it go on wheels? No. The, it's fast because it has a very, very short response time. Response time is that split second, the difference between you seeing something and reacting to something happening in the game. Uh, there's a lot of people who play their games connected to their television, for example. I, I play mine, my PlayStation on two spots. I got my through my Sony 4K projector, and I also play it through an LG OLED TV. Now, the OLED TV has, a, I think, about 10, 12 millisecond speed, so that, that refresh rate. Whereas the projector, I think, has got a bit of input lag. It's a bit slower. I find that I lose the draw sometimes when it's a one-on-one. I've got a draw to, to, to shoot the, my opponent. But in the case of these monitors, these LG monitors, the Ultra Gear range is what they're called. They range in space, by the way, from 27 inches to 32, 34, and a massive 38-inch. So not only are you getting this great resolution, good picture quality, rendering games with now the games have got hdr so high dynamic range on board so you can see even more detail uh, but also included is the 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 three are uh, nvidia g-sync certified and and g-sync compatible with a one millisecond refresh rate so that's that g-sync at work there where things are happening instantly there's no reaction there's no delay for what you're seeing and what you need to react to compared to others. If others, for example, if you're playing on a television and your comp- your opponent is playing on a monitor, they've got a faster refresh rate. So they're seeing things happening before you are. It might be the blink of an eye, but that's the difference between winning and losing in these games. And any advantage, gamers, you can hear me, they're, they're, they agree with me, any advantage, you take it. And if you've got a faster monitor, that will help you do it. 
The 38-inch, which is the top of the line, it's called the GL950G. The NVIDIA G-Sync certified model is the fastest model in the range. One millisecond refresh rate. It has a 21 by 9 ultra-wide curved QHD display. Uh, it's got HDR on board as well. The 27-inch, the GL850B and the 34-inch GL750B are all G-Sync compatible models. Offer LG signature picture quality, so it looks great. Uh, they've got an IPS display, which is display which is called is, stands for in-plane switching, which means uh, very natural, very lifelike, good viewing angle as well. So these are the advantages you can have. The dynamic action sync, so you can see action as it occurs in real time. It's also got black stabilizer mode. Now, what this does, it brightens dark areas and gives you better visibility in dark scenes. Like Call of Duty, I'll use that as an example. In Modern Warfare, there are a lot of dark places. There's a map on Call of Duty Modern Warfare called Azir's Cave, and a lot of it is in a cave. And there are a lot of dark pockets in this cave. And often an opponent can be hiding in the shadows and you could walk past them and not see them. But because of the black stabilizer mode, you'll be able to have better visibility so to see your enemy in those dark areas. Uh, it also has HDR10, which is what you get on your, your, your 4K TVs. Uh, also has several different game modes as well, including first-person shooter to suit first-person shooter games or real-time strategy games, whatever you happen to be using. There's even a feature that allows you to help uh, with your aiming. It's called the crosshair feature, so it'll help you aim against your opponents. I think a lot of uh, a lot of players would turn that off because they want it to be them that are aiming, not the machine, but not sure how fast that would work either. But uh, And they've also, too, got a really nice slick display design as well. Uh, prices start from $549 for the 27-inch, go all the way up to $2,999. That's serious gaming for the 38-inch nano IPS curved display. 38 inches, it's 21 by 9, so ultra-wide. looks amazing. But, look, if you're into your games then and you want the advantage, this is what you need to do. The LG monitors, uh, they uh, will give you the edge in the in the online world for if you're into gaming. If you want to check them all out, you can see them at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. You upgrade your smartphone and TV and your laptop, but when was the last time you upgraded your home Wi-Fi? It's probably been a while. Well, the future of Wi-Fi is here. It's time to welcome Wi-Fi 6. If you watch your shows on services like Netflix, Stan, Apple TV+, Disney Plus, well, you need the newest line of performance routers from Netgear. It's like giving your streaming the VIP treatment. The Netgear Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 routers give you ultra-fast speeds and wider coverage throughout your home. It gives you four times the capacity compared to today's Wi-Fi. The devices of today and tomorrow demand more, so what you need is more. The home performance Wi-Fi that can keep up with you and your entire family. It's the biggest revolution in Wi-Fi ever. Turn your Wi-Fi up to 6 with a Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 router. Go check it out today at netgear.com slash Wi-Fi 6. That's netgear.com slash Wi-Fi and the number 6. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. 
Well, I'm very happy to say that I have some voice bites to play to you, and apologies for those who've sent them. They have been there a little while. I've just had issues with uh, with sourcing the voice bites myself. Uh, that issue has been resolved. I had to reset my password and all that. It's my own company, and I had to reset my password. But anyway, we have three voice bites, uh, starting with Giovanni. Hey, Stephen. I love the show. The question I've got is, I've got a Sony Bravia 65-inch 4K HDR OLED TV. How do I know if the program I'm watching is in standard HDR or 4K? Great question, Giovanni. And it's really easy, actually, to know because, for a start, the only places where you can access 4K and HDR is through services like Netflix, Disney+, Apple TV, Stan, or if you're watching on a disc so your TV, sounds like a good one, can handle the 4K, can handle the HDR. So next time you're watching Netflix or whatever program or, or disc that you happen to be watching, if it's a 4K disc, you know it's 4K. It'll tell you what type of HDR, whether it's HDR 10+, whether it's Dolby Vision. Same thing applies, though, when you're watching Netflix, Disney+, Apple TV. It normally tells you in the show notes that you're watching, it might say Ultra HD, it might say 4K, and it'll tell you there'll be a little symbol that might say Dolby Vision, it might just say HDR. So that's where you get the information about what you're watching. And of course, you can kind of tell with your eye just how good it looks. But the type of HDR, all that information should be either on the disc if you're watching a disc or through the streaming service. They'll have it in the notes of the uh, of the show. And I've, I recently signed up to Disney Plus, as did many other people, and one of the first things I wanted to watch was the, the, the Star Wars films, which are all now in 4K Ultra HD, and that's how I knew, because it says on it, 4K Ultra HD, I was a happy little camper when I watched that uh, A New Hope in 4K the other day. I got another six movies to watch before Rise of Skywalker hit cinemas on December the 19th, but who's counting? Anyway, another voice bite. Here it goes. Oh, I was wondering if you could tell me about the move from 32-bit to 64-bit and how I find the applications that are all 32-bit, how to actually track them down. Thank you. That was from Kevin. Thank you, Kevin, for that voice bite. And what Kevin's referring to is, I'm assuming, that uh, the move from the Mac OS from the Catalina OS is now just a 64-bit platform. So a lot of people have asked me, how do I know what what applications are going to work and are not going to work? Well, what it does, if you go to, if you're running a Mac, you go to About This Mac, then you hit System Report, and then you can, in this, in this section here, you'll be able to see in the, I think in the Memory section, you'll be able to see which of the, no, sorry, in the Software section, you'll be able to see in the list called Disabled Software and in Applications, the Applications menu, which of the applications are 64-bit and which are 32-bit. So you can see which is which, and you can see there's another section there too called Legacy Software. It's in that section, Software. So you go to uh, About This Mac, System Report, Software. It's in that section there that you can tell which of your applications will need to be updated or replaced. Uh, I know one popular application was uh, that I used to use called Audacity. That's actually the software I used to record my the podcast on. It now is doesn't work on Catalina, so I've uh, had to upgrade to Adobe Audition, which runs on all platforms. 
and uh, I'm, I'm enjoying the change. It is a much better recording software. I'm not sure whether you hear the difference, but it is a, a lot easier to use. You get a bit more flexibility with it. But that's what you need to do if you want to identify your uh, whether it's 32-bit or 64-bit. Our next uh, next voice bite is from Daniel. G'day, Stephen. Love the show. Just wondering what your recommendation is on wireless headphones for the iPhone. Uh, there's a lot out on the market. Want something with good performance, good battery, for mainly for talking, not not so much for music. Thanks, Stephen. Great question, Kev, uh, Daniel. Sorry, uh, d- voice bite from Daniel. His question, though, and you you heard in his question that he mainly wants them to talk. So he's obviously on the phone a lot. Uh, I've got to say, probably the best f- for, especially if you're an iPhone user, are the AirPods. AirPods have uh, amazing beam forming microphones. Can detect when you're talking. I've done radio interviews and and. They don't know that I'm on that I'm talking through a pair of headphones because it is so good. Uh, and in terms of the the Apple the the AirPods Pro, they are just as good, if not better, because you also get the noise cancellation thrown in as well. So if it's mainly talking, they are the ones I recommend. But the other that I that I'm actually just received to to review this week, Jabra, their 65T. And the Jabra 75T, which is the new one I just received today, they also perform well for calls. And I'll tell you how I know, because whenever I do a cross for Sky News, whenever I'm overseas, Sky News uses Skype for the cross. So what I do is I have I use Skype for the video, and they call me through my phone, through my iPhone, and I'm wearing the Jabra in my ear. They're darker. I don't wear the AirPods because they're white, and you can tell you're wearing, you're wearing earphones. I use the Jabras because they sit in my ear. They're darker. You can't really notice I'm wearing them, but the microphone on them are broadcast quality, so they sound really good. And I'm sure the 75Ts, I've made a couple of calls already today, they also sound really good as well. They're the best two in terms of call quality. Music quality, very subjective. They all sound pretty good. It's up to you what what might sound better for you. But in terms of call quality, in-ear wireless earphones, AirPods and the Jabras will not let you down. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that's all we've got time for you this week. Everything we've talked about, though, uh, you can find at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, email us, info at techguide.com.au. Or, as you heard, send us a voice bite. Record your question. You Your voice will be on the show with mine. Thanks to Giovanni, Kevin, and Daniel for your voice bites this week. They were excellent. Keep them coming, folks. Uh, just hit the record button on the Tech Guide website, and your voice will be on the show too. We want to give a special thanks too to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Our help desk was also brought to you by our good mates at Belkin. So if you need a case, some cables, you know where to go. Charges, they've got everything. Thank you for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week so until then as we always say stay safe and stay connected <music>